Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Ten-Month Rule. Written by Opinionated IMO. One. They came on a Tuesday. Prior to the announcement, it was like every other day in recent memory. They were news stories about the riots, wars, pollution, weather catastrophes, and cute lab puppies which saved their owners from deadly space heater fires. The typical sort of things. The world was so jaded by the usual dreck that the international press had to find a more effective means of breaking such exceptional news. Massive alien spacecraft landing on Earth. It's not something they could just tack onto the end of a nightly broadcast. They decided to interrupt the most highly watched show on television ever, just as it was about to air. More than a billion people worldwide tuned in to witness the nail-biting finale. In a hugely ironic state of affairs, millions of those angry viewers immediately called their television provider to complain about the interruption. Either they believed it was a clever marketing hoax to hijack the captive audience, or they simply didn't care if that extraterrestrials had landed on our planet. Either way, the people demanded closure to their favorite show. They flocked to the social media sites to vent their frustrations. Some eventually decided to discuss the strange news. Conspiracy theories had a field day with the story. Television critics discussed the merits and potential risks of putting another War of the Worlds type of broadcast stunt in the modern age. Some saw it as a marketing genius and others thought it was a dated idea and highly unoriginal. No one took it seriously, however, even when the network heads came forth and swore that it wasn't a hoax. No one believed it. That's just the sort of crazy length that they would go to to pull off something like that. The people thought, except that it was real. From the considerable social media backlash, the leaders of the world had come forth and proclaimed that the news reports were completely true. Aliens had arrived in the massive spaceship and they brought with them terrible news. A catastrophic event was going to happen very shortly. The planet was going to be completely destroyed and all life would be extinguished. In the wake of this global apocalypse, there was nothing that anyone could do to stop it. As an apparent act of inner species benevolence, the aliens offered to take all the human infants under ten months of age back to the planet for salvation. Despite this curious act of charity, no other human being would be spared from the extinction event. The rest of us only had a short time to prepare for the end of everything. There was no hope for anyone else outside their stated parameters, under any circumstances. 2. Once the news sank in and people across the world began to accept the horrific news as authentic, an unprecedented global panic wave occurred. Just like the Kubler-Ross stages of grief, there was a complete denial at first. Then came the great anger at the utter helplessness of the situation. 
that was followed by pathetic attempts to bargain with the aliens for their lives. Predictably, a frustration source of depression, and lastly, acceptance would come closer to the end. Most people were stuck somewhere between stage one and three after the devastating announcement. I'm not even sure they are real, some conspiracy theorists stated. Others accepted that the aliens themselves were real, but doubted the claims of global catastrophe. Many were skeptical of their true motives. Everyone had seen the massive spaceships with their own eyes, but that didn't prove anything beyond the possible invasion. Not a single scientist in the worldwide astronomical community could see the moon-sized astral body they claimed was on a direct trajectory with Earth. It was conveniently explained to be outside of the visible spectrum by our extraterrestrial benefactors. Understandably, many people didn't immediately trust the apocalyptic words of insect-looking creatures who just arrived in a giant spaceship. Offering to save every human infant on the planet under a certain age sounded a little too good to be true. Who in their right mind would march up to the honeycomb-shaped starship and just hand over their helpless children? The skeptics exclaimed, It all seems like a very clever ruse to manipulate us into surrendering the most vulnerable of citizens. Or of the unknown desires and highly questionable motives of insect creatures that no one even knew existed three days earlier. In a brazen sign of end of times, a major newspaper published a biting political cartoon with aliens sitting around a table in their flying saucer. The earth was still clearly visible in the background of the table with simply a small child asleep on a dinner plate. The aliens were looking at it with great interest. The morbid caption read, Veal. While the tasteless cartoon went beyond the previous range of acceptable satire, they just dredged up what many were already thinking. The aliens became aware of the growing skepticism and attempted to point out that they could have just seized the infants. They didn't have to ask for them voluntarily. They had infinitely superior weapons. It would have been no challenge for them just to take all the infants by force. Their peaceful nature in response to our various warlike aggressions and deep distrust of them was enough to convince most people of their sincere intentions. They stated that they wanted to avoid unnecessary resistance and panic by reasoning with us, but time was rapidly running out. Regardless of the reassurances, the diabolical theories persisted. The most vocal opponent of this voluntary adoption countered with a new wave of sharp criticism. They asserted with that those superior weapons and advanced technology, the aliens should be able to prevent the catastrophe to Earth in the first place. Either that, or save more of us in their enormous interstellar ships. There was no immediate response from the alien ambassador. 3. Naturally, those who believed the extraterrestrials were sincere felt that it was an incredibly dangerous thing to risk offending them. It was their only chance to save some children from the utter annihilation of the planet, which they had wholly accepted. They worried that human race was insulting the generous benefactors that wanted to save us. Regardless, they showed no obvious frustration at the continuous wave of doubt cast their way. If they possessed emotions, theirs were unreadable to the human eye. Their ambassador released a lengthy statement to respond to the latest set of human criticism and concerns. Your immature species is still evolving, 
Unfortunately, the timeline for your planet is about to run out. It would have been interesting to see if humans could have risen above war, crime, pollution, jealousy, greed, and personal selfishness over natural resources. Some within the culture think that you could have survived the next few centuries. Others have far more bleak assessment of your chances. Regardless, we come here to save the youngest of your race from itself. For the adults who have evolved enough to realize that their offspring are safer with our species than to simply perish here, we offer a solution. The only one. If doubts and primitive fear convinces you that it would be better for your young to perish along with you, then your logic is irrevocably flawed. That alone should be proof for the more evolved amongst you that our offspring would be better off with our kind. The alien ambassador's tersely worded retort went a long way to convince those stood on the fence. Slowly, the tide of support was turning. Some hardcore critics remained unconvinced or suspicious, but many eager parents started to come forward. They sought to assure that their child had a future place in the face of imminent doom. Not unexpectedly, a number of infants were rejected because they were older than ten months. Desperate parents hoped that the aliens couldn't tell the difference, or would take mercy on them anyway. Of this rule, there allowed no exceptions. The opposition movement seized upon the steadfast rule as a reason to investigate further. The aliens had not provided an exact date for the extinction event, and they were so adamant about the ten-month rule. By almost any human metric, there were better ways of deciding which individuals were worthy of being saved than just by an arbitrary age. The vocal critics to the wholesale transfer of the Earth's youngest citizens focused on this odd detail. They sought to confront the alien visitors one last time before the whole generation was handed over to them. As parents and citizens wanting the best for our children, we ask for more clarity. Will our surrendered offspring be made aware of their ancestors and their culture that they left behind? What role will they occupy in your world? Lastly, why do you not permit any infants older than ten months? Is it a room limitation on your ships? We could understand there being a limit amount of space or resources, but we feel that there are more effective means to decide who should be saved. By only using age as a criteria, you accept children with genetic or physical disabilities, while slightly older, healthier infants are unfortunately rejected. There was an exceptionally long pause in the response from the ambassador. In the past, he had been very quick to respond to the probing questions. This considerable delay in replying suggested to many that the skeptics had struck a nerve. If so, which thing... The question about whether the surrendered children would be told of their ancestors and human past. The inquiry about the role that they would occupy in the alien civilization. Or the troubling ten-month rule. It was all speculation, but they were all valid questions which deserved and needed to be answered. 4. Citizens of Earth, your doubt and determination to question things you do not fully understand is both a curse and a blessing for you. While it is admirable that you want to be the best outcome for your offspring, we remain committed to saving as many of your species as we are able. Your children will never know of you. We would not entertain the notion of corrupting their minds with your backward ways and sadistic past. 
It is slowly because their minds would have been no ability to remember life on Earth that we chose to save humans at a malleable age. Older infants would already be ruined by your influence and would be unsuitable for our advanced world. Previously, we felt it was unwise to divulge this information. We were concerned it would encourage all species to withhold the children out of some romanticized notion of pride in your race and its many failures. The only way to save your race is to erase the infected past and start over. Needless to say, the ambassador's damning admission confirmed what many already suspected, that they were withholding certain facts from the people. While there wasn't automatic proof of lies about everything that they were told us, it did cast lingering shadow of doubts and things. Support for allowing them to take infants began to steeply wane. Not only were the skeptics filled with more skepticism, so too were those who already allowed the adoption transfers. It was the first time that willing parents had changed their minds. The whole world waited to see if the aliens would give the children back. We certainly didn't have any means of forcing them to, but if there was any hesitation or refusal, it would influence how others would react. The segment of population who believed the extraterrestrials were doing humanity a great favor grew very angry about the efforts to question their motives. Those people feared that we would miss out on our only chance for human life to survive outside the approaching apocalypse. These supporters came out in full defense of the 10-month rule and any other requirements our mysterious benefactors might have. Few could disagree that we had numerous problems as a species. That was obvious, but only the most jaded cynic would fully agree with the negative assessment of our species. For them to characterize us as an unredeemable infection was insulting and an unfair generalization of our human issues. It was a rare, honest look at the alien race's true feelings for mankind. After learning of their contempt for our species, it was hard to separate that disdain from their stated desire to rescue some of us. Why bothering saving our offspring if we're such failures as a species? The leader of the alien opposition movement demanded, wouldn't you be risking a contamination of your perfect world to have our warring, selfish, greedy offspring amongst your utopia? 5. The alien ambassador was taken aback by the implied venom as the human accuser. We are only trying to help your species survive. Your primitive reaction to the undeniable facts proves our point. He replied, it was the first time the alien had showed a hint of emotion. Only by removing the nurture of your irascible race can your offspring avoid its pitfalls. Otherwise, you are condemning tens of millions of your species to death by remaining here. Is that your goal? If so, you've demonstrated the traits of jealousy and selfishness. Are you so angry about the survival of these infants that you would sabotage their only chance to escape since you can't join them? For once, the members of the alien opposition groups were filled with pangs of uncertainty. None of them wanted the entire human race to go extinct. The alien ambassador spoke with an elegant clarity and purpose. If they were actually telling the truth about the disaster and their plans to save the children, then all of them were obstructing the only chance the human race had to survive. It was an uncomfortable place to be. The majority of people already trusted the gentle, plant-consuming visitors and wanted to do all they could to assist with their critical rescue mission. 
These supporters became increasingly violent towards their well-meaning grassroots efforts to question them. They saw it as a grave threat to the chances of saving human young. The pushback was intense to the dying opposition movement. Morale sank as doubts grew. It did feel self-destructive to continue to criticize superior beings that could easily destroy them, but hadn't chosen to. They had proven their benevolence by their actions. Their global leader of the opposition dissolved his collapsed organization and prepared to make amends for damaging their fragile relationship with the aliens. Mr. Ambassador, on behalf of the grateful people of Earth, we would like to sincerely apologize for questioning your generosity and hospitality. It was our sole desire to know the truth. We had no other motivations but to make sure that the precious children that we are placing in your permanent care will be safe. We do not want them to experience the horrible death which you have advised us is coming. It's just that we had to be sure. If it was possible for a massive grasshopper-like creature to express understanding, the alien ambassador did. He motioned for the human spokesman to continue with his thoughts. One of our most sacred tenets is do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. These infants are completely helpless. They depend on parents, our guardians, to take care of their needs and protect them from harm. I feel that they would do the same for me if our roles were reversed. It's what any compassionate person would do. It has been our duty to make sure that these sworn promises are sincere and true. We have been critical and suspicious of your motives because it is perhaps our last responsibility to these survivors of the human race. The ambassador nodded in the rudimentary efforts to mimic the human gesture of agreement. He still struggled with some of the more subtle nuances of the different Earth languages and facial mannerisms. Curiously, the human spokesman began to weep near the end of his apology. Mystified by the emotional response, the ambassador inquired why he was crying. My own son is 13 months old and does not qualify for your offer of salvation, nor will my unborn child. If the destruction of Earth occurs in less than three months, they will both die with their mother and I when the end time comes. While this brings me immense sadness, it is some consolation that others of my struggling race will continue living through our outreach. Thank you for your part in saving some of our people. 6. The alien ambassador nodded in compassion again. I understand all of your past reservations. It's only natural for your species to fear what you do not know or understand. If it is any consolation, your concerns were completely justified. We are going to eat all of them on the long trip back to our soda system. Some will be kept alive for breeding stock to maintain a renewable source of food. But ultimately, all of them will be livestock. As distant kin to your winged locusts, we are many and have a voracious appetite. While we are primarily herbivores, we will need rich source of protein and fat to survive the deep space journey. Your ten-month-old and younger infants will sustain us very well. The spokesman of the opposition snarled and gnashed his teeth at the primitive fury. The majority of the human race had been duped by these oversized crickets. Their invasion of the planet was successful because it was approached like a rescue. They conquered the Earth without even firing a shot. The population had been outwitted by empty promises and clever lies. Why confess the truth to me now, he spat. No one will believe you. 
They would think it was just another misguided effort to undermine our rescue efforts. By your opposition group, it seems so much easier to concoct this apocalyptic story so your sheep-like race would bring them directly to us, or without any effort on our part. I must confess that I didn't anticipate the level of resistance that your organization like yours gave us. Obviously, it wasn't enough, he snarled. Why do this to us? We never harmed your species. We didn't even know you existed until recently. As we fly from galaxy to galaxy, we must strip the natural resources from each planet in order to survive. It is not personal. I assure you, we've decimated countless civilizations and species on our travels through the cosmos. Since you suspected our true intentions and formed a powerful resistance against us, I could learn from you. You could show me how to avoid the same opposition in the campaigns. If you do, I will reward you. I would spare you and your fertile mate head up our breeder program. If you cooperate fully and agree to yield to us many calves, I will also spare your 13-month-old toddler and unborn child. Perhaps they can be future livestock breeders. All you have to do is to unconditionally surrender. The leader of opposition stood there considering the ambassador's proposal to betray his own species. While saving my own skin and my family would greatly appeal to me personally, I will have to decline your generous offer. You see, at this very moment, I or other members of my resistance movement are on board your sister ships. We didn't really disband. While they deliver similar apologies to the ambassadors of those vessels, our undercover agents have placed massive industrial pesticide foggers inside the ventilation systems. The opposition leader smiled and put it on his oxygen mask as he synchronized time. From inside his coat pocket, he pressed and released the button. Noxious fumes began to circulate throughout the massive ship. The ambassador rubbed his antennae together frantically to warn the rest of the ship, but it was too late. The revolution had already begun. As the alien ambassador lay dying, the resistance leader said to him, Never take the human race for granted. You'll die in the end. We have nothing left to lose, and we'll fight to the death. I live-streamed your confession worldwide just now. Whichever members of your species that survives this coordinated <laughs> raid will be considerably less welcomed by our informed people of Earth. Good day to you, kind sir. End of story. Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this patch video for the web novel First Contact, written by Ralts Bloodthorn, which is available on both Royal Road and HFY. The links for them will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel.